hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we are grateful for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness helps us to to make it through day by day. So Lord, we ask that you allow us and help us to find ways to, to share that faithfulness back to you. So God, as we come to this time in our service, we just ask that as we open up your word, that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So today we are uh, concluding our series about questions, the questions that were asked uh, at our Christmas Eve service and and beyond through our website. Thank you uh, for those who, who did ask questions and uh, we still have some that I'm not going to be able to get to uh, just because there were a lot. Uh, I know we had a lot of questions uh, regarding uh, the book of Revelation, and we will be doing a Revelation series later to hopefully answer some of those questions that you had about, about that, that intriguing uh, book. So uh, they'll be still coming, and most likely we'll probably do this again. Uh, so if you have any more questions, uh, we've kind of closed down uh, that web page right now, but we can open it back up. And, and if you have any questions that you have about your faith or about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you're more than welcome to that. And, you're, and you don't have to wait for that either. If you ever have a question, you, know, you can either send a message on Facebook or email me or call me or, or just stop me and say, hey, I was wondering about this. I might not be able to give you an answer right then and there. But it'll give me a chance to think about it, and, and I'll be more than happy uh, to talk about what does it mean to help grow in our faith. We've had uh, some great conversations, especially uh, after last Sunday's uh, sermon. Somebody reached out to me on Facebook and was asking a little bit more clarification about what I, what I shared. And uh, I feel like we had a great conversation, and, and we're able to extend that past uh, the 15, 20 minutes that we have here on Sunday morning. So our questions for the day, our first question uh, that that came was this. What are the seven gifts from God and how do we use them? In order to understand that, uh, I think we have to turn to to Scripture uh, from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. We see this verse. A shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse. A branch will sprout from his roots. The Lord's spirit will rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of planning and strength, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Now, first and foremost, what this passage is talking about, it's one of those prophecy verses that, that we talk about when we, when we talk about 
Jesus. Jesus being a shoot from the house of Jesse. Jesse was the father of, of King David. And as we look at Bible prophecy about the Messiah, we see that Jesus came from the line of David through his, his father, Joseph. So first and foremost, these passages are, are pointing to Jesus as the, the fulfilling of the prophet's prophecy of the Old Testament, but we also take a look at that as us being sons and daughters of God and being brothers and sisters uh, to Christ, that those gifts that we hear in that passage are also gifts that are passed on to us. Now, Part of that has to go uh, connection with uh, Catholic roots. As uh, Catholicism, they teach that through the waters of baptism, those seven gifts of God are passed on to those who are baptized. But then those are confirmed through what they call the sacrament of confirmation. Now, for us, Baptism is a sacrament, and confirmation is a rite that we participate so that we can claim the name of Christ. So we prayed for our confirmands last week, and we're in the middle of those classes, but it helps us to grab a hold of those promises that God has for each and every one of us. Now, something else that's really important about these uh, seven gifts from God is that they are also a part of a tradition of Christian uh, practices or devotional uh, literature. Uh, the number seven, uh, there was a question about numerology too, but I'm not going to get fully into that, but the, the number seven is a, a holy number. It's, it's a perfect number, and in Scripture, that number is used several times, especially in the creation story where uh, the earth was created in six days and then God rested on the seventh, but there are other places where that number seven comes up. It includes the seven petitions of the Lord's Prayer that we prayed not too uh, long ago in our service. Also, the Beatitudes, uh, the seven last words from the cross, and including the uh, seven deadly sins and the seven virtues. All of these are ways that we are able to connect to the God who loves us and who created us. Now, the seven gifts, if you caught them, and that passage include wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord, or wonder. Now, St. Aquinas, uh, one of the great thinkers of the Christian church, a long time ago, he took these uh, seven gifts and he divided them into two sections. The first section is directed towards our intellect, which means uh, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and counsel. Uh, the other part, the other three, uh, direct towards the will of who God is. That's the fortitude, the piety, and the fear and wonder of the Lord. So that is kind of an encapsulation of what exactly those seven gifts of God are. Now, here's the, the important question. It's great to have that knowledge, but what exactly do we do with those things? Well, I th what I believe that we are called to do with them is first, it helps us to seek who God is. When we take those seven gifts from God, it helps us to understand and see 
who God is. Jeremiah 23 reminds us that when we search for God, yes, search with all our heart, we will find God. And what is the purpose of searching God? Well, I think it is for a way for us to see how we are to interact and how we are to bless others. When we take the opportunity to see who God is and what God calls us to do, then we are able to do what I love phrase from a contemporary song called Hosanna by, uh, by Hillsong Worship, that we are to look to see what breaks God's heart and then allow for what breaks God's heart to break ours and, and to make that switch or, or to make that uh, interaction so that we are ministering as God has called us to do. And it is those gifts that we are able to see how we respond to the nature and the love of God. Hey, our second question is this one. Should we consider God an entity outside of the universe and beyond that created everything in front of himself? Or should we consider every known atom molecule to be a minute part of God, such as split a piece of wood and I am there, lift a stone and you will find me? Good night, everybody. No. Oh, I, I saw that question, and, and, and that really intrigued me because uh, it made me think about what, when I look at these questions, I go, what are we trying to understand? Now, I know a lot of uh, Christian talk or, or, or Christian music, it talks about how everywhere we look and everywhere we go, we see God. Uh, Rich Mullins, who is one of my favorite uh, contemporary Christian artists, he had a song called I See You. And in that song, during the chorus, it repeats over and over again in a call and response form, everywhere I go, I see you. And then that's sung back and forth. And it talks about the glory of God, seeing God in a sunset, seeing God in, in the beauty of the world around us. But does that mean that God is in those particular items. When we talk about that, it, it, it brings the idea called pantheism. And pantheism, it, it's, it's a fancy word that we like to use that uh, is divided up into two parts. There's pan, and then there's theos. Pan means all, and theos means God. And what, what pantheos is saying is that all is God. Every single thing around us is God. And there are different ways that you can look at this pantheism. There, there are six different particular ways. I'm not going to go through all six. I'm going to hit the, the end spectrums of what pantheism is. The first one is called absolute pantheism. And what absolute pantheism says is that there is only one being in the world and that is God. Everything else is illusion. When I think about that, I think about the movie Inception, you know, uh, how everything is just kind of this, if you haven't seen the movie, sorry, but it's kind of this, this wild out there type of thing where it is, but it isn't. One of my favorite lines from The Office is when Michael Scott says, this summer I saw the movie Inception, or did I? 
You know, but it's that whole idea, is everything around me an illusion? And there's just this God that's out there. Okay, then if we go to the other end of the spectrum of pantheism, we have what the uh, Zen Buddhists believe, is that God penetrates all things. And, and the best way to look at what this type of pantheism is would be like the Star Wars movies. You know, how everything, this, this, this motion called the force, this force, it kind of incorporate, incorporates everything. That's why Luke is able to, to lift up the rocks or, or Ray is able to, to lift up rocks or, or move different things or, or, or change different people's minds. It's this pantheism is a way to say that because God is a part of everything and God is everything, that spirit is within everything. It would be that God's spirit is in this pulpit. God's spirit is in the communion rail. God's spirit is, you know, in the flower. All of these different things are ways that we look and see God in the world around us. Now, to go through all of that, I have to say as Christians, that's not what we believe. God is not an inanimate object that is able to be moved by our mind or, or God does not provide an illusion around us that, that we are just a part of. But God, as we learn and know in the very first verse and the very first chapter of Scripture, in Genesis chapter 1, 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. See, God cannot be a part of this pulpit, or God cannot be a part of a tree because God created those things. And the Creator cannot be a part of what He created. The Creator is something that, that we see His work and His handiwork around us. That's why those songs that talk about the beauty and the glory of God. It's not because God is in those things. It's because God's created those things. And through God's creation, we are able to see God. In the Gospels, uh, Jesus is sharing with his disciples about who God is. And in John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus tells his disciples, God is spirit. And it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. When we take the opportunity in worship to, to worship an inanimate object, we are no longer worshiping God. We are worshiping a, a thing. We are worshiping something that we are not supposed to place our trust and our hope and our value in, but instead, when we worship, we turn our thoughts and our attention to the one who gives us all. See, a fundamental teaching of absolute pantheism is that humans must master their ignorance and recognize that they are God. Christianity teaches that God alone is the most high. See, the whole idea of pantheism is that we are God, that, that we are able to have full control over everything around us, and that fails to allow the one who gave, the one who created, the one who loves to have action 
in our lives. I love these words from C.S. Lewis when he talks about pantheism. He says that the pantheist God does nothing, demands nothing. He is there if you wish for him like a book on a shelf. He will not pursue you. See, if we follow the line of pantheism, we take out the notion of grace. When we look at what pantheism truly is, it, it takes away God's action in our lives. You've heard me say over the past couple of weeks talking about the different ways of grace, about provenient grace, which is God's wooing us and calling us to be in relationship. But a, a pantheist God doesn't woo anyone. The pantheist God is just there and we just exist around it. And I don't know about you, but for me, I am thankful that God is not like that. I am thankful that those times where I tend to wander, there's a, that hymn that we sing, Lord, I, uh, that where we tend to wander. I am thankful that God continues to call for me to come back home and to be in relationship with a God who loves and cares for me. I am thankful that through God's provenient grace, he, he continues to pursue who I am so I may experience his love and his compassion and, and his call to my life. I am thankful for the sanctifying grace that we receive through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and I am thankful for the sanctifying grace. Did I say that twice? I did say that twice. I am thankful for the justifying grace that, that Jesus calls me to repentance and then moves us all on to sanctification where we can be strengthened by God's love and grace. I hope and pray that, that these past weeks have been helpful to you. I know they've been helpful to me as I've uh, done some extra research, but know this, that God is not this object that is out there uh, just observing and just wondering what in the world we are doing, but God is active and moving in each and every one of our lives, guiding us and leading us to a deeper grace so that we can then share that love and grace with others. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, as we conclude this series, we know that you have guided us and you have, you have led us here. But Lord, we thank you that, that you are not just this faraway thing or, or this object that just lets the world go in motion and we just roll with the punches. We thank you that you have sent your son so that we may have life and have life abundantly. And we thank you for the opportunities to continue to grow on our faith, to grow uh, beside one another, to strengthen, to, to build each other up. Help us to remember that your grace is enough for us, and that your love is a power that, that we can uh, just hold on to. So Lord, we pray that you guide us and lead us this week so that we may share your love with others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.